Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And I love building those same game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio, so use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call one 888 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial one 877 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week. I'm coming to you guys from North Star in California by Lake Tahoe for one of my favorite ski trips every single year. But we had some really entertaining basketball last night. So before I hit the slopes today, we're going to talk about some hoops. Just going to hit Grizzlies, Warriors, Lakers, Spurs, and Sixers Nets. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And then last but not least, if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, 
Don't forget, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. So, the Warriors beat the Grizzlies 122 to 120. Super weird game. The Warriors were outplaying the Grizzlies in a bunch of different phases of the game. Uh, the Grizzlies usually physically dominate teams. That's their MO. They defend at an extremely high level, they grab a shit ton of rebounds. But the Warriors out rebounded them 44 to 36. They grabbed 14 offensive rebounds, a bunch of key offensive rebounds late in the game. So a big driver of their uh, comeback there in that fourth quarter. They shot better from the field. They shot better from three. They shot better from the line. But a story that you Warriors fans probably remember many times over the years, they just couldn't take care of the basketball. They had 22 turnovers. The Grizzlies scored 29 of their 120 points off of Warriors turnovers. Like I've always said with uh, the Grizzlies in particular, they're constantly trying to run. They're constantly trying to force turnovers and get out in the open floor because that's their best chance to score. This is not a good half-court offense team. And then things slowed down there at the end of the game and it became time to execute and the Warriors are a better execution team and they came back to win. Um, They were down 10 midway through the fourth quarter. Classic Splash Brothers from there. Clay comes flying off a screen on the left side to hit a three. Then he has a really nice back cut off a feed from Draymond for a reverse layup. Uh, Then Steph Curry comes flying off a screen. Steph had 10 points out of 12 for the Warriors over a 2 minute and 30 second stretch to put the Warriors up three. But then we got to the bizarre ejection. And this was a really weird sequence. So um, uh, I believe it was Clay Thompson misses like a short little like floater in the lane. And Dante DiVincenzo comes flying in and taps it out. And keep an eye on that in particular because Dante all game long was crashing the offensive glass with guys like Tyus Jones and John Morant on him. Guys that he has a big physical advantage over and he was capable of tapping the ball out and saving some possessions. He only registered two offensive rebounds, but he got a bunch of contested like taps that effectively amounted to offensive rebounds even though it wasn't him. Uh, But the ball gets tapped out. Ends up in Jordan Poole's hands. Shot clock resets to 14. Um, Jordan's kind of open, right? Like, it's not like he was um, smothered or anything, but it's a 30-foot shot. Uh, About a little over a minute left. You have an opportunity to run some more time off the clock, and he puts it up and misses it, and Steph just loses his mind and chucks the, the, uh, the mouthpiece out of bounds. And, I mean, it really is this simple. I get... I understand where Steph is coming from. You've lost a bunch of games this year in late game decision making. Jordan Poole in particular, especially in the last month, has had some bad late game moments where he's made some poor decisions. So I understand the frustration, but Steph, you're the best shot creator on the team. You just scored 10 points in two and a half minutes to get the Warriors in position to win. They need you down the stretch. Gotta keep your emotions in check. That said, like I'm not worried about that, particularly with Steph. That's uh, getting himself kicked out of games has not been an issue for him over the years, but it was just kind of a bizarre sequence. And in the moment, as I was watching it last night, it was definitely like one of the things you probably did not have on your bingo card last night as a Warriors fan was Steph gets ejected for yelling at Jordan Poole and chucking a mouthpiece. But the encouraging part is the way Golden State responded because John Morant really seized the momentum after that play. He had a really nice driving scoop shot and pick and roll. Then he had another play where he drove and drew a foul on Draymond Green. And he actually put the Grizzlies up one 
uh, of what was it, 118 to 117. But then the Warriors ran that like variation of Spain pick and roll that they've run a bunch of times this year. I've talked about Spain pick and roll is usually where you have a shooter relocate from under the basket to the top of the key. But the Warriors have a variation of that that's kind of like a five-out set where they'll have uh, Steph start on the left wing. In this case, it was Jordan Poole. But they'll have Draymond Green set the first screen. Then they'll have Clay set the second screen. And then they'll have the other two guys spotting in the opposite wing and corner. And so the whole side is cleared on the left side. And as Jordan Poole comes over the screen, Clay Thompson just relocates across the top. It's like a hybrid of Spain pick and roll where instead of you're relocating, relocating from the basket to the top, he's relocating from the wing to the opposite wing. And essentially what you're trying to do there is in that screening action, you're trying to get Clay's defender to lag a little bit to help on that screen and roll action so that Clay can find an opening on the weak side. And what was really smart about this particular play was Draymond rescreened. So Clay catch, uh, Clay comes off the screen and he's not entirely open, but Jordan takes his retreat dribble and looks back that way, and Draymond reverses the screen and screens back for Clay coming back towards the top of the key, and gets tons of separation, gets a good look at three and knocks it down. Clay Thompson was unbelievable in the fourth quarter of this game, uh, but you go down the other end and John Morant. Uh, who I said, it, like the, the Grizzlies' half-court offense issues are not because of John Morant. It's because they don't have nearly enough ball handling and shooting after John Morant. And John makes a, a really nice isolation move, draws the help from Draymond Green, makes a really nice wraparound pass to Brandon Clark, and we're tied. We call a timeout, go down the other end, and on the baseline, uh, 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 Clay Thompson shoots a quick uh, little 15-footer. He misses it. Once again, Dante DiVincenzo, with a little bit of help from Anthony Lamb, they go after that contested rebound, trying to tap at it. John Morant hits it out of bounds. Warriors stick with the ball. And this is where it gets really interesting because they're going to run a baseline out of bounds play, and John Morant is guarding the inbounder. Now, uh, everybody who has a coaching background, I coach a little bit of high school basketball here in Tucson, you have a specific ideology when it comes to, to certain situations, whether that's like, oh, like I like to foul when we're down th- or up three, or no, I like to play defense when we're up three, or whatever it is, your specific ideology. My ide- ideology for guarding baseline out of bounds is I always take the guy who's guarding the inbounder and I put him directly under the basket, no matter what. And his one job is to prevent any sort of pass, an entry pass, underneath the basket and the main reason why is because especially in a situation like that like yes the inbounder relocating out is a threat but you can switch that so for instance if the inbounder throws the pass and then flares out to the three-point line the guy he's throwing the pass to to get the ball back his defender can jump out there but no matter what I need to protect the basket at all costs if I'm going to lose in a situation like that I want to lose on a jump shot. I don't want to lose on an easy layup under the basket. And even more strange than that was, so John Morant, instead of guarding the basket, John Morant, John Morant lunges out and guards the three-point line. So no one's protecting the rim. Zaire Williams is guarding Jordan Poole. And in all of the chaos, he's shading onto Jordan Poole's right hand as if he's going to run out to the sideline to get a jump shot. And to Jordan's credit, for the poor decision he made on that three, he made a really smart read. He saw that Zaire Williams was overplaying him, and he just back cuts him to the rim. 
Now, that doesn't work if John Morant is protecting the rim, but he wasn't. So he saw the read. He saw John Morant lunge out. He saw Zaire Williams shading on his right hand towards the sideline, and everything was wide open under the basket. Jordan went quick. He didn't try to get cute with the layup. He just went right to the front of the rim. He caught Zaire Williams sleeping, and he won the game. And, you know, once again, here we go. Late game situation. It's close. Execution is what wins games. It's one of the biggest reasons why I have the Warriors as my championship favorite. Two plays at the end of the game, that hybrid Spain pick and roll for Clay Thompson and then that baseline out of bounds, they executed it properly, got wide open looks, and won the game. I've just seen way too many basketball games over the years be decided by execution. That's why I value that the most, and that's why I trust Golden State the most, even though they've had so many issues this year. Um, in other areas of the game. So kind of zooming out a little bit, the Warriors have alternated between wins and losses since Steph returned, but they have the Raptors at home on Friday to break that trend. But the Raptors just went into Sacramento last night and kind of manhandled them. So uh, they're playing some decent basketball right now, and they present a bunch of specific physical issues, uh, that, uh, especially with perimeter size, that might give the Warriors some issues. So it's going to be a tough challenge on Friday, but that's a good chance to break that trend. Uh, Memphis followed up their 11-game winning streak with a four-game losing streak. In addition to the general lack of ball handling and shooting that causes their half-court issues, I also, excuse me, I also just don't think they're disciplined enough to win a seven-game series against a great team. So I still have them a level below Denver and Golden State out west. Um, all right, Nets Sixers. This was a really fun game. I'm gonna move pretty quickly here. Wife's actually waiting on me. We got we got to get up to the slopes here soon. Um, Really valiant effort from Kyrie and Seth Curry, particularly in that fourth quarter, to keep this game close. Uh, Seth Curry had a little heater in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then and then Kyrie had a heater towards the end. But James Harden was just unbelievable in that fourth quarter. He hit back-to-back step-back threes to undo the damage from Seth's big fourth-quarter push. And then he had a really nice driving layup to his left. He had, uh, I want to say, all five of his makes before that shot were threes. And then he finally got all the way to the rim and made a layup that effectively iced the game after Kyrie kept his little heater. What I wanted to talk about was uh, Philly's late game offense for a minute. So the, the Sixers have now won six games in a row, which was a, uh, a something I predicted back in December. And I didn't think it was that ballsy of a prediction. Literally all I was thinking was, this is one of the most talented teams in the league. They're starting to get healthy. You know, James Harden is playing really good basketball. Joel Embiid's playing like an MVP. Tyrus Maxey's starting to get his rhythm back. Uh, They were already having a ton of success in half-court defense. I had a feeling that when their offense started to click, because they were kind of, that was the weird thing with the Sixers throughout that first half of the season is their offense was kind of hovering in that round 15 in the league range. They're all the way up to fifth in offense now because how much they've been cooking on that end of the floor. And they have an offensive rating of 125 in fourth quarters during this six-game win streak. And it really is this simple. There's just no easy way to guard them. If you have, if you leave James Harden in an ISO, he's well over a point per possession. In pick and roll, you've got a bracket James Harden, which is getting Joel Embiid all these super high-quality touches right at the foul line that he's converting at a high rate. Uh, Joel Embiid post-ups are, present their whole uh, set of problems. And then it's like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris on the weak side with either you know Georges Niang or Shake Milton as that like knockdown shooter in that fifth spot, there's just there's just a, a high quality shot every time down the floor, and you know basketball is a make or miss league to a certain extent. But at the same time, like chances are, 
if your shot quality is better than the other team, it's more likely that you're going to make the shots. And that's going to be the difference at the end of the day. Um, I, I think that, like this again, everything comes down to Harden and Embiid in the playoffs and whether or not they're going to be able to maintain their level of play. But they, they, they're going to get high-quality shots in late-game situations, and they're going to have an outstanding half-court defense. They're going to be tough to beat. And same goes for the Nets. I mean, look, no KD last night, and you saw on display from Seth and Kyrie just the absurd level of offensive skill that those two guys have. And again, their biggest weakness is going to be physicality, and that's why I'm worried about them specifically in a Celtics matchup. Uh, But if they can hold up in the physicality better than they did last year, they're going to be really tough to beat as well. The the, the NBA uh, top tier of teams this year is so much better than last year. It's going to be, this year is going to be so much fun when we get to the playoffs. I can't wait. I'm so excited. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. Something I've always been a big believer in. When you try to take projects on yourself, you usually don't know what you're doing. You usually end up making mistakes, and it can be a big headache. And so not only can a professional from Angie get the job done more efficiently, but they also are people that you can support within your community as local businesses. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. Consider Angie your hub for all your home improvement needs. They can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that will tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. And the app is free and easy to use. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Tip off the new year with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. My favorite bet for this week is Tuesday night, the LA Clippers 
in crypto against the Lakers minus four. The Lakers are going to probably be integrating Rui Hachimura in that game, and it's going to dramatically shift the Lakers rotation around, which I think is going to make it a very weird game, and a lot of guys are going to be out of rhythm. So I like the Clippers in that game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with promo code JasonT. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Spurs-Lakers. I'm not going to spend too long on this game. Uh, I just have four quick thoughts. So, first of all, Rui Hachimura's debut. He makes the Lakers look big. He bothered a half dozen shots just by having his hands up. Again, he's six foot eight with a seven two wingspan. Um, he grabs six rebounds in twenty two minutes, which is great. Several uh, contested rebounds. It's like seeing a real big forward fly in to grab a rebound for the Lakers, not named LeBron and Anthony Davis, is kind of uh, bizarre to watch because we just haven't seen that in a few years. Um, he gives them a legit NBA front court with LeBron on the bench. And that's vitally important for a couple reasons we're going to talk about here in a second. They ran 23 possessions last night with AD and Rui Hachimura at the four uh, with no LeBron. And they were plus 19 net rating in those 23 possessions. Again, very small sample size against a bad team. Uh, but it allows them to stagger LeBron and Anthony Davis effectively, which is immensely important if they do decide to trade Russell Westbrook. Because Russ is on a... Uh, and he was really good in the previous 10 games, I want to be clear. But he's been nightmarishly bad in his last three games. The Lakers are minus 34 in the last three games when Russ plays, uh, and even when he's off the floor. Last night, he was minus 10 in a nine-point win. But it goes even beyond the box score to just, one, he can't make a three to save his life. I think he's like one for his last 13 or something like that. Um, and his body language is weird. And his decision-making has fallen off after being really good in the previous 10 games. So I wonder if he's hearing things from his agent or just in general from Rob, if they're hinting at him that it's likely that he gets moved or something, because the shift in his body language has been really strange in the last couple of, uh, of games. But here's the thing. If they do trade Russ, you need to be effective with LeBron off the floor, because that's one of the ways Russ has been great this year is running those bench units. So I wonder if he's hearing something. Um, uh, because, uh, but then again, but, but again, with Russ off the floor and LeBron off the floor, having Rui Hachimura with Anthony Davis gives you a real traditional NBA front court to build a uh, defensive foundation on. And Rui flies some of the high level shot creation last night, which helps you score in the half court in those situations. Um, offensively, Rui showed a little bit of everything. He had two buckets in transition, a transition run out in the first half. Then he had a trailing three in the second half that he made. Remember what I was saying in my deep dive with Rui uh, the other day? He's actually shooting the three much, much better in transition than he is in the half court. And I think a big part of that is his momentum is already heading towards the rim. He's got a little bit of a hitch in his shot. And so because his uh, footing and balance is better in transition because his forward momentum, I think he's hitting those shots at a higher clip as a result. But he hit a little transition three. That's going to be big when the Lakers are running. Then he had two buckets in the half court. There was a broken possession in the first half. Nothing was really open. Max Christie swings in the ball on the right wing. And he just breaks his man down off the dribble and hits a pull-up 15-footer. That's going to be big time, especially when they get into the playoffs. Uh, those of you guys who listen to the Draymond Green show, he specifically talked about that a little bit in his last episode. Um, and then the second bu a bucket was a post-up play. AD actually joked after the game that they called one of AD's plays for Rui. Um, and, then he, and then he said he went up to Rui and was like, hey, if they don't double-team, that shot better go up. And he took a post-up fadeaway over his right shoulder. Great footwork. 
knock that thing down. And uh, again, that's super encouraging. It's bad teams, small sample size, need to see a lot more. But having that functional, real NBA forward next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis just adds a dimension to this team that they haven't had since they won the title. Anthony Davis was a little out of rhythm, which is to be expected, but he blocked four shots. It's it's truly amazing how much he changes the physical profile of the Lakers. When AD was out, uh, almost every single game, the Lakers were physically outmatched. Um, they were fast. Like I said, their advantage was their speed as they went small. And they had some really good downhill players that were difficult to deal with, like Dennis, LeBron, and Russ. But in the aggregate, if you factored in all of the physical elements of the game, the Lakers were outmatched every single night. And they basically just made up for that with LeBron's greatness, a bunch of guys in the on the bench playing well, and relentless effort. They've been a, a team that just doesn't quit over the course of the last couple of months. Um, but when you watch them last night with AD back, and especially with Rui out there, they're huge. They're a huge NBA team now. Uh, when they play Rui and LeBron and AD together, they're going to be bigger than just about every single team they play. That's three seven-foot wingspans in the front court. That's Orlando Magic stuff. That's Cleveland Cavaliers stuff. That is high-level defensive length on the front court. And you saw some sequences last night where the Lakers were swarming on defense, and it was kind of frightening to see the long arms everywhere as they were making defensive plays. You probably remember that play there uh, in late fourth quarter where Dennis Schroeder flies over and blocks the three-point shot on the wing, which gets saved in bounds, and then uh, they drive on Rui, and Rui swallows up the the drive, and, and it gets swung to, uh, I think it was Zach Collins, in the middle of the lane, and Anthony Davis comes over and blocks it. Like That type of frightening defensive rotation... Those are the physical advantages that were missing before this trade and before Anthony Davis came back from the injury. You want to have multiple advantages so that you can win multiple ways. The Lakers have shown that they can win with speed, but now they have the ability to win with size. And that last missing piece is the ability to win with skill. And there's a couple of specific ways that will help there. One, LeBron getting his jump shot back to where it was the last few years. He has been shooting better. And... Really what they need to do is make a trade for a real shooter, a professional jump shooter. Because as you can imagine, if you got a lineup with LeBron and Anthony Davis, with Rui Hachimura and Dennis Schroeder, and a real shooter, whether that's someone like a Gary Trent Jr. or a Buddy Heald or a uh, like a Boyan Bogdanovich, and I'd, I'd probably order them, I'd probably go Boyan 1, Gary Trent Jr. 2, Buddy Heald 3, I prefer Boyan as like a, uh, that keeps Rui as more of like a we can go big, but we can use him off the bench. Or I can go more skilled and go Dennis, Austin Reeves, Boyan Bogdanovich, LeBron AD. Or I can go huge with like Dennis, Boyan, Rui, LeBron AD, do more switching. And yeah, you give up a lot of foot speed and give up some driving lanes, but you have so much length and athleticism on the court, you can recover it. You get a bunch of different looks there. Uh, I don't hate the idea of Gary Trent Jr. I think he fits really well as well. I just think Boyan is a better player, and I and he so lights out as a spot up shooter that I think I think that he gives them real intimidating shooting off the ball in those late game situations to score in the half court. But at the end of the day, they need to be able to score in slow down half court games, and having a real shooter along those guys is that one missing piece. Uh, LeBron, he had 11 assists last night. Spearheaded the biggest run of the game there in that early fourth quarter, put the Lakers up 10. He did it by picking them apart with the pass. Uh, there was a sequence there with three straight assists. He had a 
transition play where he dribbles up the floor and he fakes like he's going to pull up at the top of the key, gets the man to jump at him and swings it over to Dennis Schroeder who knocks down the three. Next possession, they run a pick and roll from the right wing. LeBron works his way into the middle and makes an awesome back uh, pass back to the weeks or back to the uh, the corner he just came out of across his body that hits Max Christie in the shooting pocket for three. And then, side note by the way, Max Christie has been awesome. He's already one of the Lakers' best defensive players, and he's shooting forty one percent on catch and shoot threes this year. Uh, again, like there's this difference between the Lakers front office and their scouting department. The front office is dictating NBA players, whether that's, you know, uh, this guy, for, this free agent that we're targeting or this trade that we're trying to make. But their scouting department, which is actually made up of, of uh, members of the bus family, they have a consistent track record of success. And Max Christie appears to be another huge home run for them. The, the work that the scouting department has done to cover for the weaknesses of the Lakers front office is not talked about enough. Um, but then finally, on the last possession in that sequence, LeBron in transition just patiently waited for Thomas Bryant to break open in the middle of the floor, hit him in stride for a dunk, and the Lakers were up 10. Uh, you guys know LeBron's my favorite player. But those kinds of sequences are my favorite LeBron sequences where they're locked in on defense and they're getting stops and LeBron is just attacking the other way in transition and making passes to guys. He's always been one of the best surgeons in basketball. It's always been one of the most underrated parts of his game. And uh, that, like seeing that kind of vintage sequence last night was definitely a lot of fun, especially for me as a LeBron fan. Um, one last note and then we'll be done for the day. Darvin Ham. Uh, he basically removed Wenyan Gabriel from the rotation last night. He only played one minute in garbage time. He was basically the only forward that was playing for the Lakers before the Rui Hachimura trade. And so I get it. It's tough. It was a weird day. You bring it back AD and Rui. You have weird rotations because AD and Rui are coming off the bench. So I get that it was weird. But Wenyan is too good to not play. He needs to be out there in some capacity. So I'd like to see them cut back a bit maybe on Patrick Beverly's minutes and maybe a little bit on Russ's minutes to try to find at least one shift each half for Wenyan to play. Uh, because, uh, again, like especially with what the work he's been doing on the offensive glass, and he's actually one of their better defensive players, I think they need to find a way for him to play. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. Uh, Saturday night is when I get back from this trip, and we're going to be covering a bunch of games from Saturday night, including Lakers-Celtics on Sunday morning. So keep an eye on the feeds on Sunday. As always, I sincerely appreciate your sports, your support. I'm going to go hit the slopes, and I will see you guys in a couple of days. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve 
with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.